It's April 4th, and I thought that we would take a look at the book of Revelation. We'll look at the very beginning, Revelation 1, 1 through 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. The book of Revelation is often considered mysterious, even impossible to understand. Many Christians either don't read it or read it out of obligation. It's on their reading plan, so they have to. Depending on what circles you have grown up around, when you think of Revelation, you might think of prophecy conferences, end time charts, and very dogmatic lectures about whether you should be a millennial, post-millennial, or pre-millennial. And if pre-millennial, whether you ought to be pre-tribulational, mid-tribulational, or post-tribulational. I think this sort of approach to the book of Revelation is unhelpful. I believe the book was intended to be understood, to be relatively clear, and to be very practical, especially for Christians facing or preparing to face the distress of persecution. And that's all Christians. All Christians are either facing persecution or ought to be preparing to face it. And the same spiritual insights and spiritual disciplines that allow us to face persecution allow us to face all manner of distress and suffering. And so I thought this might be a very practical set of devotions for a pandemic. The first three verses of Revelation are an introduction or a prologue, and we'll note that it ends with the words, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. We spoke just recently about the blessed person in Psalm 1. Notice how this doesn't fall far from that tree. Blessed, in this case, is the one who reads aloud from this book and those who hear it. In ancient times, literacy was not as widespread as it is today, but more importantly, access to texts, books and scrolls and codices and papyruses were scarce. So Bible reading, so to speak, was often done when the community was together. One person would read aloud and the rest would hear. So the reader here is singular, and the hearers are plural. And there's a blessing placed on those who consider the words of this book. It was meant to be read, or heard, as the case might be. But there's also a blessing on those who keep what is written in it. We might also translate that obey or follow. The readers or listeners are supposed to do something with this book, it has content that is necessary to understand for a person to be a fully faithful Christian because it is content that demands obedience. So then this must be a practical book. It is a book for us, the people of Christ, to read and observe. Or as the psalmist says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. But let's begin at the beginning. In verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book is a revelation, not revelations with an S. The entire book is a single revelation. And what of? 
of Jesus Christ. Now that's a curious phrase and it could be taken a couple ways. Is this book full of information that Jesus revealed or is the point of this book to reveal Jesus? To put that another way, is Jesus doing the revealing or is Jesus the one being revealed? In this case, it seems Jesus is the one doing the revealing. And we'll see that as we move through even this section and the rest of chapter 1. But of course, much of the content is also a revelation of who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. What we'll see in chapter 1 is that the Father gave the revelation to Jesus, who sent angels to John, who is recording this revelation for the sake of Jesus' servants, that is, his true followers. John says of himself that he bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. This is a key idea that will permeate this book, the idea of witness or testimony. They're the same root in Greek. And it means what it sounds like. Think of a court of law. A, a witness offers public statements of what he or she asserts to be fact. John is telling us that he has faithfully and publicly asserted his convictions about God's word, about the person of Jesus Christ. We know this is not always easy. In the next paragraph, we'll learn that John was presently exiled on the island of Patmos, no doubt a prisoner on account of his witness about Jesus. But John continued to be a faithful witness. And this time he has the express purpose of showing Jesus' followers the things that must soon take place. Soon, I take to mean soon. We'll say more about that as we go on. But I think John was not using any fancy metaphorical or apocalyptic language. When he wrote the word soon, he meant soon. The things he was going to describe would begin to be set in motion shortly from the time frame of his original audience. Therefore, we shouldn't think of what comes next in this book as some distant, far-off reality, but rather the reality that is already present and soon to be. It's a book for now, not later, and blessings are on those who follow closely. That's it for this time. Next time, we'll dig a little further into Revelation chapter 1.